how many is that is that your prayer this morning is that your prayer this morning i want more of you god i want more of you god hmm you know we are we are a people that want it yesterday right in today's society we find ourselves thinking man how convenient is it that we have all of the conveniences that we have in this world right now and it's made us less self-sufficient and less reliant on God because we have everything right at our fingertips and when we have to wait for something we're like man hurry up sitting at a red light waiting for a green speaking to it by faith that you're going to get a green light sooner than later that may or may not have happened in my vehicle on the way here this morning but it's true we are a people that are not super patient and sometimes it requires patience sometimes it requires counting the cost and we're going to talk about that this morning last time i was here we talked about working and being prepared this morning we're going to be talking about counting the cost because why should we count the cost because serving jesus will cost you everything man that was a lot of shouting and amen and on that serving jesus will cost you everything I want to admonish you this morning, church, to guard your heart. To keep it with all diligence. Hmm. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. It makes you think, doesn't it, counting the cost, me saying that you will have to give everything. I mean, what does that mean? In what way will you have to give it? You know, I like to travel. And God has blessed me to be able to travel. I've been to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, I think four or five times now. And every time I go there, the magnitude of what happened in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is not lost on me. I think about the men that gave their lives on that hallowed ground to protect and preserve the United States as they knew it then. And if they had not done so, quite frankly, the way we see the United States today may not have existed. 55,000 men gave their lives on that battlefield. That is a large death toll. And then later on, after the battle had happened, President, then President Lincoln went and gave an address, the Gettysburg Address, in which he spoke this stirring epitaph. They have given their last full measure of devotion. Those men that had given their lives on either side 
of that conflict had given their lives for what they believed in. They gave their last full measure of devotion. Sometimes I wonder if that steel still runs in the human genome today that did in yesteryear, like the men who stormed Normandy Beach, Omaha, the shores of Iwo Jima, knowing that they faced almost certain death in the face of insurmountable odds, they went ahead. I want to tell you something, church. Today, we are facing some significantly insurmountable odds with those who are in power and with the prince and the power of the air because it's, we don't war against flesh and blood. It's not a politician that I don't like. It's their agenda and where it came from. So in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Eh, I don't like that. And follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's a good question. That is a very good question. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning that you would help me to rightfully divide this word. Lord God, that it would not be my words, but it would be the Holy Spirit making your word come alive. That we would hear it with ears Lord God, that are listening. Lord God, with a heart that is hungry to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. So Lord, I ask that everything we say and do be pleasing to you, Lord God. Lord God, that, that you would have the purpose that you have designed for this word to come to pass. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Take up his cross. Deny himself. Those, those are things that we do not really like to hear. Is, isn't that the truth, though? Isn't that the truth? And, and we ask ourselves, well, what does that mean, deny ourselves? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. You kill your flesh and you do the will of God. Again, shouts I can't control. Taking and laying down your will and submitting it to God. Submitting it to God. You know what this passage of Scripture pertains to is where Peter was elevated and then rebuked in the same exact portion of Scripture. Peter says to him, he says, who, 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 do, who do men say that I am? And some, they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, 
but my Father which is in heaven. And then he said, I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then we go down just a measly four or five scriptures, and he tells them what's going to happen to him. He tells them that it's not going to be his will, but he's going to do the will of the Father, and that he must be put to death. And then Peter says, oh no, far be it from you, Lord, don't, don't talk like that. And Jesus looks at him and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. The Lord just revealed the truth unto you. Blessed art thou, Simon. Bar Get behind me, Satan. And then he tells them what it's going to cost to follow him. He tells them what it's going to take to get to where they need to be in order for them to be fruitful in ministry. Oh... The Bible tells us, church, that we are to redeem the time. We are to redeem the time. The time at hand is increasingly evil. We see it every day. The things that the evil used to do in darkness, they now do in broad daylight. It is not good. And yet the people that have the truth, the people that have the power, the people that have life, in their being the water of life we spoke you spoke about it this morning pastor bob flowing from within us out of our bellies what are you doing with that water this walk with jesus will cost you everything and you have to be willing to give it up all of it just ask abraham Isaac, Jacob, or maybe you should ask Peter, Andrew, Matthew, Luke, or Stephen. Stephen gave everything. He gave his last full measure of devotion for what he believed in. A young man named Saul watched him do it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. If you know who Jesus Christ is, you have life, and you should have it more abundantly. We have what they need, church. But it costs us something. It costs us something. It costs us our pride in the marketplace when somebody says into your ear, I could really use prayer. I'm having a hard time. I challenge you, don't go home and forget about praying for them. Put your hands on that person and says, well, I believe that the Lord's right here in this supermarket with us. And right in the Costco, the Shaw's, the Walmart's, wherever you find yourself, speak life. Speak the name of Jesus. Let the darkness see that a little light still shines from the hill called Zion. That I will be an oracle and I will count the cost of my pride. And I will say, yes, Lord, I will be your mouthpiece. Trust me, there's a lot of people in here that may or may not have been a mouthpiece at some point in time. 
And I'm talking about the ones that did this right here just because they thought they had something to say. And you might have struck them the wrong way, and boy, they're going to tell you how they think. Well, Jesus got a hold of my life, and he won't let me go. Jesus got into my heart, got into my soul. Oh, I used to be oh so sad, but now I'm free and glad. Cause Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. And who knows it? Who knows that about you? If you could be a mouthpiece for the devil, why don't you shout a little bit louder for Jesus? Take that muzzle that the world tries to put upon you off Count that cost and say, I will speak life. What are we giving? What are we giving to God? Do we give our best or are we just kind of doing a Cain offering? Are we giving an Abel offering or are we giving a Cain offering? Well, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, he does. He told me he knows your heart in the word of God. It says it is deceitfully wicked. And who can know it? That didn't go as planned, did it? But he wants you to have a heart that desires him. What are we giving? Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And Jesus sat over against the treasury. He was up against the offering plate. He was over there standing up against the wall, pulling one of these numbers here. Because he knew everything about every individual that walked up to that plate. He knew everything about their circumstance. He knew who was super wealthy and was giving a pittance. Making a show. I've seen people wave $100 bills in the air and dance to the offering plate. Yay for them. Then I've seen people that have nothing go up and give what we call a Pentecostal handshake to somebody that they know needs it by the Holy Spirit. And they gave it in secret. And it says, my father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you go ahead and dance with your hundred dollar bills. And you will find yourself in poverty. But if you give... He stood over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which makes a farthing. And he called to him his disciples. He wanted this to be a teachable moment. I don't know what they were doing, but apparently he was the only one paying attention. And he called him over and he said, come here, I want to show you something. And he said unto them, hey, look at this. That's me, not the word of God. That's paraphrasing. Put it in, in modern English. That's the JJV. The James Justified version. It'll be out next year. No, it won't. Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all of they which have cast into the treasury. 
for all they did cast in out of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. She had just given everything, everything that she had to give, she gave it. What are you giving to God, church? What cost are you counting? All her living, and sometimes we can't be bothered to come out to a Friday night Bible study. We can't be bothered to come out to a Sunday night prayer meeting. Because, well, you know, the price of gas is going up. And heat and oil, huh? I don't know if I'm going to stay warm until February. Count the cost. I know that the Word of God says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the righteous. Do you understand that God will never ask of you more than He already gave? He already gave everything for you. He gave everything for you. Jesus was in all ways tempted and tried like as we are, yet without sin. He knew what it was to count the cost. He told us in John eleven thirty five, No greater love has any man than this, than he would lay down his life for another. And sometimes we're not friends of God. That's why that doesn't we, we translate it friends. Lay down his life for a friend. It's easy to it's easy to say you lay down your life for a friend. Think of the person that has wronged you the worst in your entire life, abused you, mistreated you, made you feel less than human. Would you lay down your life for that person? Jesus did. Jesus did. Counting the cost costs you something. Picking up that cross and following after him daily costs you something. It costs you your will so that you might have the will of him who sent Jesus. Jesus himself said, I don't come to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. I do nothing of myself except for the Father tells me to do it. Mm. All her living. All of it. Again, how do I know it will cost us everything? Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 21 through 22. This is such an encouraging word today, church. I'm glad you're just lapping it right up. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. This isn't James Blodgett. This is the word of God. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. This story right here is about a rich young man who came to Jesus. And he says, hey, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him the commandments. And he says, all these have I followed from my youth till now. And then verse 21, it says, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lacks." Go thy way, 
Sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the poor, and then you shall have treasure in heaven. Wow, that's important right there. It says, do not store up treasure where things can corrupt it, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So he said, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And it says in verse 22, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possession. He wasn't willing to give everything. Jesus just told him what it would cost to follow him. Give everything away and come after me. If you don't think it's going to cost you everything to serve the world, you're wrong. Because this world will chew you up and spit you out and it will recycle that pattern again and again and again and again. And it will leave you worse every single time. Everybody loves Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 11. But they don't like to read the next two. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. I mean, you see it on bumper stickers. It's on Facebook almost every other day. Somebody's posting that scripture. Well, I want to read to you Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, which I think is a very, very much more important verse. Not that verse, 20, verse 11 is not good, but this is where the rubber hits the road. And you shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. We like verse 11. God has some good things for me. This is going to be great. He knows He's going to give me plans and a hope and a future. Plans not to harm me, but make me prosper. We love that word. But if you don't go to verse 13, you'll never see verse 11 happen in your life. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. You know, there's different parts of a spiritual being. There is your soul and your spirit. We are spiritual beings. We are eternal beings. You will spend eternity somewhere. Where is up to you? Will it be in the new Jerusalem, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ? Or will it be in a place that was designed only ever one thing for the devil and the angels that had followed him? It was prepared for him to be in torment for forever after the final judgment. But because of the fall in the garden, it opened another door. 
Because in my Bible, it says it was prepared for the devil and his angels. But because of the fall, we now have judgment. And even as I said last time I was here, judgment, it tells me in my Bible, begins at the house of God. And it says, if the righteous scarcely be saved. And if our righteousness doesn't exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, we will know why see the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty strong words, because let me tell you something. They followed the letter of the law almost to the T. And yet they were not righteous enough. Because they were clothed with self-righteousness versus the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. It says that He has prepared for them a robe of righteousness that He clothes you with. Don't sully the robe, church. Don't sully the robe. You want to know how you become righteous? Become obedient. Become obedient. Says that Abraham's obedience was counted unto him for righteousness. That Noah's obedience was counted to him for righteousness. Sounds to me like if you're obedient, it will count unto you for righteousness. In Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 20. It talks about a rich man who harvests much and decides he's going to build bigger barns. Oh man, I got so much stuff that I have nowhere to put it. It sounds like my wife in like Americana decor. But anyways, I love you, honey. Um, She's not here right now, so I can say that. All right. um, But what it says in, in that portion of scripture, it says, thou fool. Do you not know that your soul will be required of you this very night? There was no tomorrow promised to that man. There was no sunrise that he was going to see the next day. So, it is required of us. Our soul will be required of us. Required in this particular portion of Scripture in the Greek is apahiteo, to demand back, to ask it of you again. You are going to be required to give account for every idle word, for every moment you had. The cost of serving Jesus will cost you everything. So what's it going to take? I'm glad you asked. Such interest from such a lively bunch. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31 and verse 33. And here it is. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. 
That's what it's going to take, church. That's what it's going to take to follow after Jesus. That's what it's going to take to win this race. That is what it's going to take when you count the cost. Your receipt when you get to heaven and you're rung up and they cha-ching and you get that receipt, it's going to show 100% heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it says in the second, verse 31, is namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. <laughs> ah, that's rough. Because some people don't even love themselves. There'll be a big box of spiritual band-aids at the back of the church after this service is over. You can help yourselves. You know, there's a first aid kit right up here. Let me get that for you. It's right here. This is the first aid kit, okay? This right here will cover all of your boo-boos, okay? You don't have to worry. You can just, like, dab a little bit on you, but you're going to have to open it first. You can't get it out of the package without opening it, all right? So this will just cover up all of the sores that you got today from the Holy Spirit, okay? And it, it, it's available at bookstores near you. Best-selling book ever since it was written, and it won't ever take second place. All right, there you go. That's free. All right. You shall love your neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Really? But I don't like that. I don't like my neighbor. I don't love my neighbor. I don't like that all I can smell is marijuana all hours of the day growing in their backyard and then good night they have a bonfire invite all their friends and you thought they had a willie nelson concert and then my garage smells like pot for three days i don't like that i'm supposed to love that person yes yes you are you are supposed to pray for those that despitefully use you and you're supposed to love them that persecute you. You mean I'm supposed to love old Nancy? That hawk-faced, angular visage looked like she's been dyed in a Heartland tannery, stretched over too much seat cushion, and then it popped off and wrinkled up. I'm supposed to love that? Yes, you are. And you're supposed to pray for her because she has a soul that is being deceived by the enemy. For we war not against flesh and blood, church, but principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know, if I threw this barbell hard enough, it'd probably knock somebody right out. But if I rightfully divide the word of truth, if I wield this correctly, somebody might hear the love of Jesus accidentally come out of my mouth. Oh no, wait a minute. Purposefully come out of my mouth. Because I'm supposed to be speaking life. And if I do love the Lord God with my, all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and all my strength, then I will live 
drastically different than if I only do it half-heartedly. What does it cost? Everything. First John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love Him because He first... Thank you, Lord God. Everybody right now say, Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for loving me. We love Him because He first loved us. Pastor Bob, somebody came by and yelled, Jesus loves you into a bar. Changed your life forever because somebody said, Jesus loves you. I want to tell you something, church. I want to tell you something, Facebook land. Jesus loves you. And that is the biggest lie of the enemy is that you are unlovable. That you are not worthy. Well, let me tell you something. You'll never be worthy of that love. I today, standing here dividing the Word of God, am not worthy of one moment of grace or one ounce of God's love. But He gives it freely to anyone that would come unto Him and say, forgive me. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew Him not. They don't know who you are. They don't understand why you give good for evil. They don't understand why you pray for somebody that is doing harm to you. They don't understand it. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. On that day, church, you don't need to have an I told you so attitude with people that don't want to believe in Jesus. The largest I told you so ever will be done in sorrow. When Jesus appears to take those that love him away. Then everyone that only thought they knew Jesus. Then everyone who denied his existence. Then everyone that ever lived says that every eye shall see him. And every knee will bow before him. And that every tongue will confess involuntarily that He is Lord. And it says that if we do not praise Him, the very rocks of this earth would cry out. How about you put a rock in your pocket and start walking around? How about you have a nice big lump of rock in your pocket that you can feel there so the next time you feel the Holy Spirit give you utterance to speak to somebody about Jesus Christ and you don't do it as you're walking away that rock starts to vibrate in your pocket how quickly would you turn around you'd probably try to take that rock out and chuck it out your pocket and be like I'm done with that rock that thing's possessed so am I I'm possessed by a spirit the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And I want to follow 
the leading and the unction of what it is telling me. Because in John chapter 12, verse 25, it says, He that loves his life shall lose it. What are you loving? But he that hates his life in this world shall keep it into life eternal. John chapter 14, verse 15 through 17 and verse 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. Ouch. Oh, but he did away with all those other ones, you know. I did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill the law. So, you can have some of that, okay? That will be on aisle two, shelf three, right next to humble pie, okay? Big old serving, anytime you want it, right there. Jesus was the law. He was the law. He knew the law. He did not break the law. He was the law. And when he gave us those commandments we read earlier, every other one can be summed up in those two. I mean, we know don't covet your neighbor's house, wife, his donkey, etc. Don't kill someone else. Well, you're not going to kill someone if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. What's a commandment? Anything he tells you. If he reveals to you that you're supposed to stop drinking Starbucks and he puts that finger on that in your life, if you go get Starbucks, you're sinning. For a man to know to do right. What's right? Whatever God speaks to you. His word is truth. If a man knows to do right and does not do it, to him, to him, it is sin. If I'm preaching error, Pastor Bob, let me know. And I will pray to the Father in verse 16, and he shall give you another comforter. I'll tell you what, that's the best blanket that was ever made. It is a comforter like you can't get at Walmart. I'm telling you that right now. Because when you lose somebody that you love, and when your heart is in such sorrow and you don't know how you're going to make another day, He comes by and comforts you in a way that nothing else ever could. Mm, God is so good. And He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Forever. So there goes the theology that that was just a timepiece for Acts and the apostles, etc. That's not what he does today. That speaking in tongues thing, that's pretty dicey. You know, well, great, then I'm dicey. I'm dicey. And sometimes a little gamey. That's all right. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. Well, there it is, Pastor Bob. Those that don't agree with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Didn't it just tell us it'll be in you right there? Hallelujah. He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. 
And he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. That's a piece of scripture right there. That's a piece of scripture right there. Are you counting the cost, church? Because he will test our love for him. He will test our love for him. We're going to pick on Peter again. In John chapter 21, he was asked by Jesus, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Hey, bud, do you love me? Peter says, yea, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. Take care of my little ones. And a little bit later, he says, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And Peter, at this point in time, is like, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, well, then, Peter, feed my sheep. What I'm giving to you, give to somebody else. Feed my sheep. And then a third time, which is not ironic, it's not coincidental, that Jesus asked him a third time, Peter, son of Jonas, do you love me? Lovest thou me? And now Peter's vexed. He's like, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. There's another instance where Peter was asked something three times by somebody else. And three times he forgot that he loved Jesus. And he denied vehemently and even swore that he knew who not who Jesus was and that he was not of that company. And then and then the words of Jesus echoed in his ear, Peter before this night is over, the, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me thrice. And then the cock crew, and he heard that sound, and it came back to his remembrance, and it said, and he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus will test our love for him. He will ask you to prove it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. He wants you to be filled, church. When you count the cost, God doesn't just sit there and say, All right, you've proven yourself. He, he meets you and He fills you with His goodness. He gives you what you need. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Love not the world. Mm, there it is. Neither the things that are in the world. I really like old cars. If I had my pick, it would be a 1969 Dodge Charger, probably in the livery of the General Lee because I was an impressionable kid when that show was on TV, and I really liked that, that car. That bright orange with the 01 roaring around some dirt roads. Boy, I, I, I tore up a lot of dirt roads with my bicycle pretending I was driving the General Lee. All right? 
beautiful, beautiful car, but I'm not to love the things that are in the world. It's not wrong to have a few things because it says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. So someday you might see me driving around in a 69 Charger and I'll be praising the Lord, speaking life about how good God is. If it doesn't happen, it's no big deal. But if it does, praise the Lord. But I want to tell you that we are not to love the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world going to pass away, and the lust thereof. And, but he that does the will of God abides forever. Are you counting the cost, church? Are you counting the cost? Because I want to tell you something. In that same chapter, it speaks about the Antichrist and how they are already entered into the world. There are many, it says, and theirs is a deceitful message. 1 John chapter 2, 20, 22 through 23. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. The, do not be deceived, church. The enemy is a liar. He has been a liar from the beginning, the Word says. We're going to go take a look at Samson and then we're going to close. Judges chapter 16, verses 16 through 20. If you don't know the story of Samson, I'm going to give it to you in Reader's Digest form. He was a judge of Israel. And he uh, went to the Philistines' encampment and was looking at their ladies, and one caught his eye. And ever since then, the name Delilah has been synonymous with no good. And he kept, she kept trying to beguile him to get him to reveal the source of his strength. And he told her many different loony stories. And every one of them was untrue. And this is, and this right here, I want you to catch this. This is important. Counting the cost will cost you everything, but you are to keep your heart with all diligence. You understand that? You're not to give up your heart. It'll cost you everything, but don't give up your heart. The only person you give that to is Jesus Christ. And it came to pass in verse 16 when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. What a woman. I guess, I don't know what Delilah looked like, I'm guessing she was probably pretty attractive. Because if I had a lady lie to me numerous times trying to bring about my demise, I wouldn't have hung around. I'd have been like, curb, see ya, taillights, Jesus loves you, I'm gone. All right? Because I don't understand Samson's infatuation with the world. Because the Philistines, they're, they're, they're a semblance of the world. Their encampment means they're, 
in the Bible, Israel, God's chosen people, the Philistines, they were the world. Israel, Jesus, Philistines, the world. And he went and did a lot of flirting with the world until he found something that had significant interest to him. In verse 17, and this is where it is, that he told her all his heart. He told her all his heart. He sold himself out. He paid the ultimate price. He told her all his heart. He just gave up everything. And said unto her, There has not come a razor upon my head, for I have been Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Why on earth would you want to go from being the judge of Israel and the anointed of God to being like every other man? And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she knew that that was the truth. She called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. She sold him out. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. She was a witch, church. She was a witch. He was bewitched by the world. His strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And here we are, church. This is the church of America today. And he awoke out of his sleep. And said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. But he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. Serving the world will cost you everything. It will cost you your relationship with God. It says, he that continually hardens his heart shall be cut off. And that without reproof, there is no return to mercy. Hmm. He traded his anointing for forbidden lust. Kept flirting with the world. And eventually it cost him everything. We know that he was vindicated by the Lord in his death because God is merciful. But it was a pitiful, shameful existence that he lived in that grist mill. Blinded. Took his eyes out. It wasn't until his eyes were gone that he really began to see. Don't flirt with the world, church. It will cost you everything. He knew better. He knew the truth in his heart. And yet he gave up everything he gave his heart away keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life revelations chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 and verse 7 nevertheless i have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love 
Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place except for ye repent. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Costing Jesus everything to purchase us and he doesn't ask any less of us but everything you're going to pay everything one way or another because we know that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord this isn't a rah-rah sermon this isn't a boy that was so great to hear that but it's what god gave me he woke me out of a sound sleep i had prepared to preach another sermon that i had but god woke me up i was dreaming of samson and he woke me up and said he gave his heart away and it cost him everything The title of my sermon was Count the Cost. Count the Cost. Because today, the world we live in is evil. And we are the only hope that the world has of hearing about Jesus. I guarantee that I could say to you, think of two or three people in your life that you love but aren't going to heaven. And I know that you've probably prayed for those people. Keep praying for them. But even more than that, show them Jesus in you. Don't go to their level. Try to bring them to yours. Don't buy into the things that are going on in their lives trust in a God that can break that yoke in one second. Trust in a God who knows the plan that he has for you. And you will say as in verse 13, Jeremiah chapter 29, I will seek after you, God, with my whole heart because I know it's going to cost me everything. If I don't, it still will cost me everything. So church, this morning, you have a handful of heart. In your hands is your heart. And you have the choice to give it to Jesus and guard it at all costs. Or you can give it away to the world and you will lose everything. I'm going to ask that every head bowed and every eye closed we're gonna we're gonna take a moment if in your life recently you have not been counting the cost if in your life recently you have not been living the life you know that you should be living for jesus christ i want to pray for you if you have been living for christ and you want to go all in 
I want to pray for you. If you don't know who Jesus is personally in your life and you think that today's that day, then I want to pray for you. Because we didn't come down here but for one reason, to bring a word of truth to people that God loves. And He wants to see you succeed. He wants you to know the truth that He loves you unequivocally he loves you is there anyone in here this morning that will say I want to live my life for Jesus Christ is there anyone in here that says I know the things I've been doing have not been good and I want to repent and go forward in Jesus Christ is anybody in here raise your hand nobody's looking around I want to pray for you Because I'm telling you something, God knows. He knows everything about you intimately. There's nothing that's hidden that will not be revealed in due season. That's what the Word says. All right. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands that went up this morning. Lord God, you know. Lord Jesus, your plan and your purpose for these people, Lord God. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to those hearts, Lord God. Lord God, that that weren't moved, Lord God, to move their hand, but I know that there's someone here that heard you. So, Lord God, I pray that you would move in their lives. Lord God, continue to draw them. May your love, Lord God, outweigh the whispers of darkness. May your grace be applied to their lives, Lord God, that they won't perish Lord God, in the sin that they have been committing. But Lord God, that they would come to know a Jesus that loves them. A God that has a plan and a purpose for them. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Bob. Thank you. That was a love message, actually. God loves me so much, he corrects. That message wasn't for the guy sitting in the back. That message was for the pastor and for everyone who serves the Lord. There's a time to commit our hearts to Jesus. And I tell you this, I really believe with all of my heart, I believe that God um, is forcing us into excellence and as Samson as, as he said so eloquently you know he fooled with the world he didn't lose his anointing all at once and that's what happens if people well I did that and I get away with it and God's still with me and I still have the anointing and I can still preach and I can still do this but let me tell you eventually may not happen immediately but it will cost you. You that are out there, anyone, you know, uh, I think you shut it off, Dean Jim. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, but what we need to realize is humility is where repentance is. And nobody is above that. Not one of you are above that. And so what you realize is that, Lord, forgive me. I heard a man say, 
Well, I don't, you never have to repent again. You repent once, that's all you I said, I'd rather repent one too many times than to repent one too few times. Lord God, help me. Lord, use me. Lord, don't refuse me. Lord, help me to live and to rise to the challenges that are before us today. The Lord said to this church, Jim, in prayer, he said, if you continue as a normal church, you will cease to exist. But if you will be, if you will be peculiar people, if, if you're willing to, to step out there, you know, with the Lord and say, Lord, cleanse me. Help me, Father. I want to go to that next level. I want to be like you. I, I want to do that. I'll tell you right now, that is my prayer today. God, you help me. Help me, Lord God, and, and keep me from, my, from sin and keep me from myself. That I might focus upon you, Lord Jesus. And I'll tell you, if you say, well, I don't have sin. The Bible said, if you have no sin, he said that you're deceitful and the truth is not in you. He said, because all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Maybe, you know, and, and it happens in your life. And all of a sudden, you, you get in road rage. You wonder why. I, it never was in me. Somebody cut me off and I'm, tra I'm trailing him with the bumper. Hey, they're sticking right up like this. And I'm thinking, who are you? It actually happened. Not that bad, maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't be talking. But what I'm telling you is we're human. And you know what happens? God purifies us with his presence. And like uh, you know, your your dad was a, a, a he worked with uh, metal, and you know there's different strengths of metal, and it depends on the purity of the metal and and how that it was was done. But you know, when the fire gets under you, and all of a sudden you think, boy, you know what? Today I feel good. I feel good, and all of a sudden that heat gets on you, and bleh, and it doesn't even smell well. And you say, where did that come from? That's called progress. Because God said, I couldn't smelt you all at once so you wouldn't be anything left. But as life goes on, I am sanctifying you. I am preparing you. I am making you a son that you be mature. Because when you are mature, you're going to reign with me. So, Brother Jim, that was a wonderful message. It was a message for me. It was a message for every one of you. We weren't preaching to the guy that out in the back pew. We're preaching to us, and if we're humble enough, we receive the message. Lord, let it begin with me. Let's all stand. I, I just felt the real anointing in that, and you know, it's it's a. It may seem like an unpopular message, well, only for those who are not humble. And I thank God for the word today. Because God loves us enough to show us and to correct us. God is saying you're good enough isn't good enough. You've got to surrender to me and let me do what you cannot do. In Jesus' name. Let's bow our head in prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. God, we are a needy people. Father, I am weak, but you are strong. 
Lord, I pray that that anointing would flow in me. And Lord God, that desire, Lord God, not to circumcise uh, the flesh, but the heart would be circumcised, Lord God. Cut away the dross. To cut away the stuff. The stuff, Lord God, that, 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 that hinders me. Lord God, that I have the, 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 the strength and the power and the anointing. And Lord, that we become a bold people. And that we stand. Heaven done all to stand that we stand for until that wonderful day. That you come and snatch us into your heavenly presence. Where we'll marry you, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you and praise you. Lord God, there's surely a work we can do, and I pray, Father, that we'll find it and that we will humble ourselves before you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. God bless all.